Did you hit the button? I hit the button. He hit the button. Talk shit. Yeah. Talk shit. Yeah. Talking shit. Yeah. Talking shit. Welcome everyone to Shit Talk. With Chris and Kez, I'm Chris. I'm Kez, and it's episode four, and this episode is brought to you by the Creative Hub Australia. The Creative Hub is a new concept at connecting communities and individuals. They are a safe, dynamic space offering facilities to a wider community. At the Creative Hub, people can participate in networking, being creative, hire the space, or get involved in a wide range of community-based projects. And these guys are awesome, so check them out on their Facebook or their webpage, which is www.creativehubaustralia.com. Yay! Uh, so, what is shit talk? Well, Kez and I, um, we talk shit of all matter of things from present day <laughs> global talk issues, shit, all right. uh, general topics, intriguing conversations, far off, weird, wonderful. So, come with us on the journey if you dare. If you dare. And today, we actually have a special guest. Oh, special guest. All right. Hello. <laughs> We, we, we're going to ring a friend. That's all. That's all. He, he just says hello. You don't know his name. You don't know anything about him. <laughs> See if you can guess his name by five minutes into this conversation. <laughs> that may be tough. That may be very tough. Uh, for everyone playing at home, this is Josh Osborne, everybody. G'day. How you doing? It's great to be here. Super excited. Oh, hey, mate. And hey, tell us a little bit about you. I'll see George. Just so, really quick. Yeah. So, I'm a father. That's it. Time's up. Perfect. <laughs> that, that actually feels like my life, pretty much, is, is being a father. Uh, I'm a father of three kids. I run a business as well, and I'm married to a beautiful lady who is my partner in life. And uh, as a hobby, I love to make films and be creative. Awesome. And your company? Uh, I, I run a production company called Juice Productions. That's J-O-O-S Productions, which Ooh. is fun. It's so good. not juice, but juice. Yeah, but you say it sort of like juice. Like juice. It's just easier to say that because we're Australian. Yeah, nice. And so you make it yeah, as juice, easy. Yeah, juice, mate. Juice. <laughs> juice Productions. Awesome. And uh, so let's get straight into it. Juice Productions. Our first segment of the show is Shit Talk. So we're mixing it up a little bit this week. Shit Talk is all manner of things, weird facts and things like that. And this week I've been reading up about chocolate. No yeah. way. Yeah. Is it, is, wait, chocolate. Wait. Chocolate the movie? I oh, know. Actual chocolate. Oh, ah. as in chocolate. Ah, as in chocolate. As in, as in the, the, the food we consume. Yeah. Well, I mean, we just come sort of out of Easter and there's like so much chocolate still at home. Were you one of those? Were you one of those people that that <laughs> smash your chocolate like straight away, or were you one of those people that keep it in the fridge for months? I am the worst. Yes, I do smash it straight away, but then I also hoard some as well. And then I realise, wow, this is like from last year. I probably should have eaten this by now. We'll have to do a, a conversation hoarding one time if you're a hoarder. Then <laughs> yeah, that's actually uh, a good point. Because I, I was definitely, I was definitely a like a hoarder and I would take my time and it was really interesting to watch my kids this year as as they dealt with it one of them ate their chocolate and I'm talking a lot of chocolate in two (laughs) days in two days they ate like a massive amount of chocolate the other one held out and like had theirs for weeks and so it kind of feels like it's really unfair because the other one is still eating chocolate so you've got so do you hold on to it for a little bit and stretch it out because do you end up having to share with your sister <laughs> yeah. who has already eaten all of theirs in two days so that was super uh interesting to um to to see and uh definitely a fun fact about chocolate, about chocolate. uh i don't like chocolate really what yeah 
Get uh, out. I'm actually not a big fan. If I eat any chocolate, it would only really be white chocolate, and even then, I'll which, have like which is actually bit. not really chocolate. Really? Yeah. Is it because it has no cocoa in it? That's racist. Yes. Oh. <laughs> That's racist. <laughs> That's racist against chocolate. We've got ruby chocolate now. <laughs> We're diverse. <laughs> yes, but you just excluded white chocolate. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, uh, well, okay, let's look at some of the facts that we know about chocolate. So, uh, cacao beans must be picked when they're ripe um, and they originated from South America. Uh, so, there's three types of chocolate bean. Really? Or cacao bean. Uh, so, there is, is there a white wait, chocolate, is a dark chocolate, and a normal chocolate. Cocoa? Uh, no, no, just just three types of bean. Yeah, is there one of them darker, one of them middle, and one of them wide? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> well, it kind of makes sense, doesn't yeah. it? And they just recently discovered the, the red chocolate. The, red, <laughs> the, the ruby chocolate, <laughs> which actually is slightly red tinged. So, yes, you are correct in the ruby part. Yeah. <laughs> Josh in the random pickup. But so the, uh, the three types are is uh, Forestetto, Criollo, and Trinitario. I think I said that last one wrong. one of them eaten by a monkey and pooped out again? Uh, no, but that is a process for like coffee. Well, I understand that one. Yeah. I just thought the chocolate <laughs> might be the same. And mm, I think they do delicious. that for cats as well or something. Yeah, there is one where they're, they're, like, they it's use cat cats poo as well. or something. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's when they can't find monkeys. <laughs> it's when they've run out of beans. <laughs> yeah. Where are we get some <laughs> coffee beans from? I don't know. Check the kitty litter. <laughs> <laughs> it, looks like it, it looks like a bean. Let's just use it. <laughs> uh, so what is the process of making, like um, obviously they roast coffee beans and then they and then that is how they make it. So how do they so make it? So it's picked off the tree when it's sort of slightly turning a yellowish color. So it starts off green. Uh, oh, Actually, before I get into that, so another random fact that the uh, cacao bean is actually um, part of the Malvaceae family, which is the same family as, oh, yeah, o- I know as that okra, family. Okay, which well, is I a vegetable. They're a lovely family. So that means chocolate is veggies. <laughs> yes. Wait Eat a your veggies, kids. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I, now, hold on. So I'm never going to tell my it's kids It's of the same family as okra. And okra is a vegetable. Yes. And being that it is family, then it is technically a vegetable. Yes. It's just a Mum, cooked wrong. <laughs> Hold on. <It laughs> this just whole time you've been lied to. It everybody. just means it's a cooked vegetable. That's right. You were wrong, Mum. <laughs> With a shitload of sugar added. We always were <laughs> eating our vegetables first. So, 400 beans uh, equates to one pound of chocolate. And in the United States, they consume 2.8 billion pounds of chocolate. Wow. Yeah, no wonder the like the biggest race, like <laughs> the, the biggest, the biggest like, race. Like that, that wow, that is so much chocolate. That is, is a lot, lot of, chocolate. of chocolate. Diabetes, anyone? Uh, well, the cacao the tree can live up to two hundred years old, uh, and of the two hundred years, uh, it's only thought that twenty-five years of its life actually produces the cacao pod. Wow, that's a big investment. That is a huge investment. <laughs> Man, it's kind of like chickens. Chickens only lay for X amount of their life before they start stop laying. And really? Yeah, but and then they just become more of a hen and just cruise around. But there you go. <laughs> they they're basically the same. They just so so one eighth of their life is life is fruitful. The rest of it is just sitting around, just being like, "Hey, one hey, day I'm you're going to be stoked. One day you're going to be stoked. <laughs> yeah. Not today. <laughs> Not today, buddy. <laughs> one day you're going to be stoked." Uh, does it just sporadically do it over its lifespan? Like all of a sudden one year it goes, ha ha, there it is. <laughs> it'd, be really, it'd be really funny if it did though. So it wasn't like that the last 25 years of its life. It was just like randomly just goes, this season, I'm here. And so like you've just been waiting all this time, but then you go away for a holiday and it's just like, well, you missed it. You missed it. Next year, maybe I might, 
maybe not. <laughs> well, maybe that's where the monkey ones came. They went, oh, they got back and it was all gone. And they ah. went, oh, hold on. Oh, look, it's in all the poops. Oh, okay, we'll, we'll, poop. we'll just use it that way. Even though Karen did say that monkeys don't make do that. that. That's, but, the, but that's you, the cocoa bean. You, uh, you, you could imagine. That would be great. That's great. Maybe they do. I don't know. I haven't researched <laughs> that far into the cocoa bean. <laughs> is, 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 is it a little bit like uh, I learned something interesting about vineyards and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and wine um, growing vines and stuff like that. So um, the reason you trim them back is because uh, uh, it will actually spend all of its energy instead of growing your actual grapes. It'll actually try to grow as far as possible. So um, like the actual vine. So it'll okay. grow out and out and out. And so that's why they they trim off the um, the sticks all the way back to the parts where it's fruitful, so that it spends more of its energy on growing fruit. on the fruit. That's, That's right. Cool. So um, I'm wondering whether cocoa trees are actually just like the same, and they just get too lazy to grow any bigger, and they just go <laughs> fine. We're just going to start fruiting. Oh, I'll just give you <laughs> well, some cacao okay, beans. That's the same as a lot, a, a lot of um, uh, not what am I? A lot of fruit trees are that way oh, they, right. they trim them back and if you want it so if you've got a fruit tree you should technically prune it and it, all its fruit early so it doesn't concentrate on the fruit as much as it does growth and you'll get a healthier tree so when it's developing you actually don't want it to focus on the fruit oh, you want it to yeah, focus it on to development yeah. oh, so okay. it's the opposite you actually cut all the fruit off Oh, and okay. let it develop, and then it will have a more rich overall. It, sound, it sounds like they need better to spend harvest, some time yeah. uh, coming up with better strategies for cocoa trees. <laughs> and if they're only giving maybe us one, one eighth of their life, <laughs> <laughs> well, but maybe they do. And the problem is, is they do it um, too much, and so they it just dispels it all in twenty five years worth of it, and that's it. It goes ha ha everything good because so, they pruned it so much, and then it just went blah. Well, that's true. Do we think we would eat more chocolate if more chocolate was available? Are you a big Possibly. chocolate? Possibly. I, chocolate I do person? like chocolate. I don't eat it as much as I thought I would. Yeah. If so. chocolate was healthier, would you eat more of it? Well, it is technically healthy because it's full of antioxidants, especially dark chocolate. Yes, I was going to say, I'm a dark chocolate person. I love dark yeah, chocolate Yeah, hold too. on. Yes, if you eat dark chocolate and the right kind of chocolate, and it's got to be a certain percentage dark. That's well. right. Yeah, uh, there's actually a US standard. Yes. No way. Yeah. When is it considered dark chocolate? No, no, like the percentage. That yeah, but that's what I'm saying. When is it considered dark? Is it over a certain percentage then makes it dark? Uh, yeah, it's a percentage of uh, cacao butter or something or other. Okay. I'm not 100% sure on that one. Yeah. But there is a US standard that it has to meet before it's considered a certain type of chocolate. Oh. Uh, you I, can I, actually I, buy the grades in shops. You'll see like it says yeah. 50%, 60%. 70%. I actually really like the, the, the hectic ones because I find that having one small piece actually satisfies me. <laughs> Where like if I buy one of those like, you know, jelly bit filled ones or the Black Forest or something like that from Cadbury. Oh, yum. <laughs> I will help my wife smash that. So let me give night. you a quick history lesson, everybody. So, uh, so chocolate can be traced back about 4,000 years ago uh, where it was uh, depicted in only liquid form. So, uh, so the Mayans and the Aztecs... Hot chocolates. Hot chocolates were the first Well, <laughs> yes, <laughs> technically. But it wasn't chocolate as we know it. So uh, they didn't mix it in with sugar or anything like that. Um, it was actually a really bitter drink. I was going to say, I bet it tasted nasty. <laughs> yeah, so it was actually called... Um, uh, chocolate milk. Well, sort of like, yeah. That actually means... Uh, bitter water. Is it sort of like beer? Sort of like a, a form of beer, maybe? Yeah, it's called Chocotal. And that was... That's a cool name, actually. Yeah, it means, basically means bitter water. Uh, so then um, chocolate as we know it was sort of not really discovered uh, until the 19th century by Joseph Fry in 1847. Genius. Uh, and then... What, what um, nationality was he, do you know? 
French. Sure. He would have been French for sure. Yeah, I feel like it was. Well, Joss, or was Joss Joss Swiss. Or Swiss. Yeah, probably Swiss. Um, and then uh, from there, that's when you can uh, start tracing it to things like uh, milk chocolate was first discovered in 1839 by a German company called Jordan and Tomeas. Uh, in 1875, Swiss chocolatier Daniel Peter and his neighbour, we all know this name, Henry Nestle, mm. then actually made the first chocolate bars. There we go. So there you go. Um, so so jo- Joseph Fry was uh, British, England. He's England. Oh, there you go. Wow. So quick question. Are cacao trees native to certain regions of the world? Do we know? Does anyone know? Uh, so, yeah. So, they originated in the South American jungles. That's where all they the were sort of exported to That's where Spain. All the goodness and is like found. In but, the Amazon. Uh, now, the majority of chocolate is grown in Africa. Oh. Yeah. In and what sort of climate does it need? Ivory. What sort um, of climate does it need? Is it sort of a rainforest? Yeah, sort of it needs one? tropical. Like, right. So, a lot of humidity. So, okay. that sort of band across the top. So, Queensland, Africa. Queensland? Uh, Queensland? No, not enough. So, mm. uh, Indonesia. Yeah. Is the lowest uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, we, we go up further then. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, makes sense. So, so Australia doesn't Darwin. really have a good... Um, Darwin would have to be close. It's I would have thought so. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty damn tropical. And, Mate, you and can, when you're walking around, you're walking through a shower. White of chocolate, and I'm doing inverted comma thingies. Yes, chocolate. Does it, is it called white chocolate? <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, it was it. the 1930s. So, there you go. Right. So, that so what, do they, what do they substitute instead of the actual... Well, so they do use... Technically, they do use... You know, in its earliest form, they did use some of the cacao beans, but it was like the husk spit. Oh, yeah. so so here's a here's another thought because I was thinking that you were going to say it's actually like caramel or something. So here's something that really pops your bubble. So you know when you used to get the rainbow flavored paddle pops, we all loved <laughs> yes. them. Did you know that they're actually just caramel flavor? Yes, I did. That's yeah, just, that's it's just, just wrong. Bullshit. It's, it's yeah. caramel, and that's why the caramel ones were always limited edition because everyone would catch on that oh. it was that they were just caramel, but rainbow streets yes. covering up their ass. So, yes, again. so so I was so disappointed because I always thought I was tasting a rainbow. Just like Skittles, <laughs> I thought I was eating Ooh. another form of rainbow. How, how do we know, though, that like they didn't make a rainbow one and it came out tasting like caramel? What if that's how it started? They made it all and it went, uh, oh, that's caramel. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> we'll call it rainbow. <laughs> so, so you're saying that they actually they actually put all the rainbow flavors in, and that just equated to so one caramel. big mess called caramel. Well, because caramel yeah. essentially is just melted cho- uh, sugar. So, if you put all the sugary like flavored ingredients together, it's mm, just going to be a big ball of sugar. There's a conspiracy for you. <laughs> there you a conspiracy. go. You can deep dive. Hey, into I've got that a random time. fact about cats. We, we spoke about cats. Did you know some cats are allergic to humans? <laughs> cop yes. that cop that that's what you get you little piece of shit man fur all over my clothes you can yeah. have an allergy <laughs> what happens to them do they break out in like in sweats or something like, they what? just explode into a ball of fluff just <laughs> 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 they kind of do that anyway don't they well, hey kitty Oh, okay. So, so do you know what the allergy is? Is it breaking out in sweats? I I, I don't know. I couldn't actually find more. It literally went. (laughs) They just start sneezing. It literally (laughs) went. Hey, cats are allergic to humans. Some of them, and I went. How do I find out more about this? So I'm I'm trying, but. (laughs) <laughs> they didn't That's explain fantastic. more well maybe you can uh, touch back on that in a little bit later so we'll move on to our next uh, part of the podcast and that's talking about our special guests so Today in the studio, we are joined by Josh Osborne. Usually at this part of the game, we call somebody randomly, but he just happened to be outside. So we were like, 
Come in and join us. Yeah, that's what happens when you get too close to the hub. It join just sucks us. you in. It join sucks you in. Us. Yes, we do have that ability of absorbing everything. Absorbing. That's true. Just and like a Boreo rice. And we're, 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 <laughs> we're sitting around this this epically large table, it's which massive. allows for Our um, social, social distancing, which yeah. is very fantastic. We Great still job. have Karen on the other side of the hub. But, um, you know, we... Hello. <laughs> yeah, that, that's him trying to call out to us. Uh, the only way we can hear him is by these really long extended headphones. Um, but yeah. you, should, you should see the cable work in this place. I'm confined to my corner. <laughs> so we're going to pretend to call Josh. Bloop, bloop. Hey, Josh. Oh, look, he answered. Hello. <laughs> wow, it's really clear. <laughs> Hello. You must have like those one of those new HD phones. Hello, I'm not interested right now. <laughs> <laughs> is this a telemarketer? Yeah. Yeah. We'd like yes, to introduce you Actually, to the premium package. It's like that slight delay that you get when you when you say hello and then there's a slight delay. Oh, you know, and you know it's that so it's annoying. They're <laughs> always talking over the top of each other as it's well. Like, well, I just, as soon as I hear there's a slight delay and then, then I hear, uh, good afternoon, sir. I'm like, goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> <Just hang up. laughs> no, uh, I just put the phone down. I just leave it on the bench. And I come back like ten minutes later and then hung up by I, then. <laughs> I, I've always wanted to. I've always wanted to say, um, or by by continuing to talk, you are agreeing to the following terms that yeah. you will pay me two dollars per second that we continue to talk. That's and a good actually idea. like enter in term, a verbal contract. Yes, and, and then and then get them to say, "Do you understand?" By understanding, you are agreeing, and please provide your like <laughs> billing details. <laughs> billing details, and then and then just go. This is the rent. Random facts hotline. Yeah, I think that would be super funny one time. Or have like, if you could rig it, have two telemarketers try to, to talk to yeah, each other with the phone. That's great. That'd be Actually, I want to put that out on our Facebook. I, I want to hear. That. I want to see that. I want to hear your best ways of getting rid of a telemarketer. That'd be great. That would be I, awesome. I've seen uh, there's a guy that does uh, amazing ways he got rid of scammers. Uh, oh, the email oh, scammers. Uh, Joe, Joe Lysett. Oh, amazing. Uh, people watch He's that. Fantastic. It's amazing. Yeah, but so. anyway, very, sat- very satisfying. Uh, so, so, Josh, tell us, what have you been up to since this whole corona lockdown and everything going on? What have you been up to? So, I've been very fortunate that uh, right at the start of this lockdown, I was actually moving into post-production on a film we're working on, which is very exciting. So, uh, uh, What's this film called? This film is called Z-Type. It's a, a film about a, a couple who are um, separated because of a, a blood virus and they're looking for ways to be back together, which is exciting. And mm. so... Literally, we we were very lucky that at the very beginning of COVID, before any of the lockdowns, before we knew the, the about extended, a w- about a week a before. week before we we did our last day of production, which was our biggest day of production. We got all that done, and then I moved into to post production. So you know, being forced to sit at home and edit can sometimes be a great thing. Yeah, and, uh, you'd know that, Karen, as a filmmaker as well. So. I've, I've pretty much spent a lot of this time uh, massaging the film, getting it to a place now where I can start to uh, get music done for it and all that sort of stuff. So it's kept me busy. Um, so let's talk about then where do you draw your inspiration from? Like what gets you excited creatively? I love telling stories and I, yeah. and I love basically um, sharing the message of hope or that you're a powerful person. And so okay. whether I'm just with people or whether it's through the media of film, um, I like to communicate that there is hope. There is, there is another um, pathway. There, there, you know, you're powerful to choose your future basically. So yeah, uh, awesome. I find that um, for me, it's, you know, filmmaking is just a vehicle I, I can use to share And that. what a great vehicle. Like filmmakers How fun love is it? putting messages in films like that and things like that and expressing their way or not their way but like expressing what they really love 
about what they do, but also how they can help other people. So Absolutely. I think that's really good. And and who doesn't want to be a grown up? You know, p- pretending to be a kid yeah. and being creative. It's it's so much fun. So, uh, what was your greatest hurdle while making uh, Z Type? I think it was actually my own. Uh, thoughts about and belief in myself. Okay. Um, I, I think that I actually had to overcome a lot of um, disbelief in myself uh, mm-hmm. and and overcome my attachment. Um, so when I say attachment, um, I kind of put this thing that uh, if I'm a filmmaker and I make a film, then then I'm successful. And okay. so I was wrapped up in this this whole thing of being a filmmaker was going to be the, the thing that made me important as a person. And yep. so because of that, you know, going into the film and doing bits and pieces, I held on to a lot of it myself. Okay. And uh, and so probably the biggest hurdle was learning to let go, learning that, um, you know, I'm okay even if I'm not a filmmaker, like that, that my identity is not in the filmmaking and um, that, that other people's opinions help make yeah. the product way better. And so the, awesome. the more I learned that and the more we went along and the more I learned that, the better the product got. Um, did you ever have a moment on set where you had to sort of problem solve or there was like a really complex scene that you had to do and what did you do to sort of overcome that? I actually think that probably probably one of the biggest hurdles and this is probably the reason a lot of films don't get made is that, that ability to start and to, to send the emails and yep. to, to, to do up the, the, the schedules and to get the script Get a crew people, together. Get, get a crew together. Like, yeah, and so I for found it, like yeah, zero budget. But, but but also like yeah, how many times we we see it as a too big a problem or yeah. too big a challenge? Like they're mm. gonna say no or whatever, and you just go like you know no one's gonna do it because I don't have the budget or whatever. So yeah, that yeah. that blocks so many people, so many things in so Actually, many ways. Chris, just recently your creative hub had a stay-at-home film competition where people could make their own little films and enter in the competition and win a GoPro, I believe. Yes, yes, we did. Yes, we did. Uh, that just, but uh, that's like up. a great way, like a great vehicle for to show people that you don't need like a massive crew. You don't need hundreds of actors. You can actually just use your phone at home and put out some really good content. Well, that's it. Like uh, the, uh, as you were kind of saying, Josh, is like a lot of people just procrastinate. And the best thing about this was there was a, a good enough uh well, like motivation. the pro- yeah, yeah, motivation, motivation was good enough to actually challenge a lot of people. Yeah, they had a problem solve. Some of these people had never made films, or like half of them hadn't, and they did amazing. Like they had to learn how to cut. They had to learn how to do things. Like one of them actually, it sounded like he played the music while he filmed it. So every time that it had a cut, the music was going back to that point again constantly. Oh, wow. But it still worked. It was very clever. Yeah, it was still good. Like so, like people did find that challenge, and it, it made people get off their butts and do it. But that kind of brings us around to then, well, in your circumstance, Josh, you you were saying, yeah, you had to then overcome a lot of that on a bigger scale, which is like a whole film. So yeah, well, one of the yeah. one of the days we we the last day of production, we had like forty something people there. So that's a lot of people that um, you wow, have, forty people on set. Yeah, we had a, we wow. had forty people on set. We had. Um, uh, there was there was insert Owen Wilson. Wow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Where, where's where's Justin Banks? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so um so it was it was crazy. So so trying to logi- I think logistically that was one of the things that I was most proud of is logistically pulling together pulling that off pulling yeah. pulling off the film and, and being able to do it. Uh, the other thing was you know I definitely set myself up against it with the story. Um, James and I, uh, the other writer, we both set out to make something we could shoot in a day, and obviously. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> and how long has it been? How many days of production? Well, now? it's been it's been three years, but the thing is, we've, 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 we've I always, love that because I can relate to that so much. We've also moved from like a five minute film into you know what we're going to now have a feature. So wow, um, that's, that's, that's super exciting. But um, you know, like then trying to massage the the story and make sure it all works. And mm. we've been very fortunate, um, you know, probably with some divine help to to get it so that the story actually works really well as if we had have written it from day one with yeah. this in mind but that's you know you're sitting there you know for three years waiting for eureka moments to fix problems and retcon things so yeah. you know <laughs> definitely don't recommend that but I, I will tell you one quick story about um a hurdle it wasn't quite a hurdle but it was definitely a moment that had my heart in my throat while on set we were shooting a um a stunt sequence i guess you could call it in in which case one of the the actresses um was was uh, to be shot with a blowgun was that the whole thing was was you know uh, uh, gets gets pierced with a, a blow dart and it was a close up it was just the insert shot that yep. we had and um, so I'm behind the camera for this particular shot and uh, one of the other actors is a master blow dart yeah okay yeah. weapon user like <laughs> I, I, I kid you not like, like accuracy it, is just intense intensely good and so because it was an insert they didn't have to be too far away and yeah. so they were like hey, you'll get all the sound effects and you'll get everything. I'll just do it for real and, and you know, we'll, we'll just shoot it into a part. And I'm like, yeah, okay, uh, okay. Yeah, and, you wow. know, like, I'm, I, which stupidly uh -oh. I'm thinking, like, you know, like, <laughs> what are my insurances? Like, all oh, this oh, and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, so we got a, a large book, so I'm talking, like, a big A4 book, and we put it up underneath the actress's um, uh, shirt, the yep. back of the shirt, and it was covered by harnesses, so you couldn't tell. Yeah. And, and, you know, they were really close, so it was hard. Not, you weren't going to miss. Yeah. So I'm there and I'm like, you know, action, you know, three, two, one, and and boom. and then next minute, like the actress, there was a moment of like you see it so hit, hard, and yeah. then there was a moment of silence, and then the actress arches the back and goes, <gasps> and just like, oh, it actually screams. penetrated through, and I'm just thinking like, like, and you know, the, the camera footage starts to go shaky because obviously yeah. I'm just like, what's happened? Yeah, what's happened? And I start to panic because like I'm yeah. thinking we've just shot our actress. Yeah, we've yeah. just <laughs> literally shot our actress. Oh no. Anyway, she was just like, you know, so I'm just like, cut, cut, cut. What's, uh, and she's like, oh, no, I was just acting. Oh, no. Like, That's so the best take. <laughs> it was the best take. So, so actually, that was used in the film. It was an epic take. The other the other funny thing was, again, with the blow I'm dart. acting. Oh, no. <laughs> and it was it was amazing. She did so well, and, and hats off to her. But it certainly freaked me out. You know, yeah. I was uh, thinking and all sorts of that horrible That sort of cement safety, things totally, like that. Totally. And, yeah. you know, like in retrospect, um, possibly, you know, putting a on a mannequin because the shot didn't have to move. It was an insert shot. We probably yeah. could have done that. Um, uh, but we I guess that, like, like, accidents do happen. Like, there's been a couple of instances within the film world where things have gone wrong. Yes, and absolutely. And I could rattle off lists and lists and lists, but a couple that come to mind uh, was... Brendan uh, Lee. Brendan Lee. So, in The Crow, um, unfortunately, God rest his soul, that uh, he actually got shot on yeah. set. Um, there was also an incident where um, it was mechanical failure where um, the lead stunt performer for Mila Jovovich in the latest Resident Evil she movie... She lost her hand, didn't she? Uh, the, the camera was on a swing arm and it didn't come up and so she ploughed straight into it with the motorcycle 
and it tore off half of her face. Oh man! Um, so things do go wrong. It's it's the triple X lost the guy when they were doing the um. Yeah, and there's been fatalities and things like uh, that. There's so been drowned ones. There's been there's been a lot. Uh, it's the, really tough. And, and I know we sort of this brings the podcast down a level. Like we're all a bit I like guess, somber guess, at the moment. I but it's 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 oh. the, the interesting the interesting facts of of like you know these um, people put their lives what, on the line for it. You know, and I guess mm. it's just as as stewards of these people and of storytelling. Like you know, I think people's safety always must come first. And that's yeah. definitely something I, I learned. Um, mm. One of the funnier moments, definitely on the set, um, just to, to finish off about me, I guess it's been a lot about what we're yeah. doing, but, <laughs> but I think this is really funny is um, we had a guy turn up late to set and it was a ring-in that we'd got, we'd, we were managed to get him in the night before. He was like, yes, I'm available, I'll come in. And so he turned up and, and he um, had a lot of... Um, I guess experience on other sets, so he yep. expected a certain standard. Like, where's my water? All this sort of kind of stuff, and we're oh, like, wow. like, we're sort of like just really indie just filmmakers, budgets, and, yeah. yeah, just like get your own water kind of thing. It's over there, you know. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, that's where the water station is. So, <laughs> so he turns up and um and he's there, and and we were ready to shoot. We'd been ready to shoot for a while, and he just ages to get into his costume and stuff like that. And we we're yeah. like, okay, he's here. That's cool. This is really exciting. And um and and so he's like, w- what am I doing? And I'm like, for this scene, mate, you just got to stand there and just react. And I told him nothing else. And and the scene was like a one shotter. So we started yeah. close up on the face of a of an actress, and we pull all the way back. And at the end of the shot, um, again with the blow dart, that the the villain was going to blow dart one of them to seal yeah. their fate. And so you know, as we peel back, and, and you know, this guy who knows nothing about the film, know, nothing knows nothing about anything, he's standing yeah. there and he's watching, and he's just going, "What's going on? What's going on?" And he's like seeing this you know, dark come, come out. out yeah. And he's like looking at the two people and here's the argument getting more and more intense and then realizes that this person's going to like shoot the shoot other person. The other guy, and, yeah. and he sort of sees his face like he's looking, you know, fast backwards and forward and trying to work it out himself. Yeah. And then the, the guy, Justin, um, who played um, the bad guy, as it gets up, he, he, he did a sleight of hand where he pulled the actual pin off the, um, the actual needle off the blow dart and just put the stub in. So it's just yeah. a tiny piece of plastic. But of course, that was sleight of hand, so he didn't see it. So as we got up to the part and he blows the blow dart, yeah. the look on the guy's face was like, Just what if I stepped horror. into it? Yeah. Because like, this dart goes <laughs> flying across. And uh, of course, our actor knew it was coming at the yeah. other end. And so he puts his hand up as if he's being hit. Yeah. And he's just like reacts and stuff. And the, and the look of sheer terror, terror on this, on this guy's face, face is actually... Crisis. So you did a Ridley real. Scott. I did a Ridley Scott. So uh, for anybody who doesn't know this story, so Ridley Scott didn't tell the the cast in Alien that the, the creature was going to pop out of John Hurt's Yeah, uh, No, chest. no, actually, they, no. They, they knew it was coming, but not as hectic as it was. I they knew that there was going to be an appearance of I the Alien. I think they said it was going to be a choking scene. It's no, not, well, they knew oh. it was going to be a emergency. death and so there was going to be potentially something. But yeah, they, they didn't, didn't know exactly what. Well, the prop department didn't tell them how much blood and gore and all that there was going to be because it was most of the fear and that came out of the blood going everywhere. And yeah. It was so, so Angela violent. Cartwright's uh, like sheer terror on her face is genuine. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, filmmakers do that sometimes. They just keep a few cars up their sleeve uh, uh, for real reactions. Hitchcock in the scene with the, where he's doing the stuff Stabbing in the water, uh, mm. stabbing and she's in the shower in yeah. Psycho. Um, she was genuinely freaked out then. Yeah, that they, was all They genuine. reckon it was, he was like full on and yeah, it really oh, gave that appearance. That brings us full circle. That's the very first time that they used chocolate in film to simulate blood. Really? There you go. There you go. Wow. Wow. Well <laughs> full done. circle. Well done. And I, I think that's a great place to, to full stop it. Yes. Like, and, and just bring us to our next segment. Well, Se- segment. 
Well, we, our we, new segment. Wow. Well, yes, yeah, so I was going to say. <laughs> it's our, like a segment, a but it's a segment. That we're going to try out. <laughs> We've got some random questions for you, bro. Ooh, random question. Oh, time. okay. I'm just going to. It's not fair. Well, it could be fair. Because maybe I want to know what your answers are. Oh, yeah, I, I'm in for this. So, yeah, we're going to ask you some random questions, but the exciting thing is is I also don't know the questions. So, Karen's got questions kind of for both of us. Uh, Do you have wacky. to answer them as well? I will answer with you just so for a bit of yeah, fun. Yeah, let's see. Okay, Okay. so the very first question do, wait, is... Wait, 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 do we get a bingo button? Doot! Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> first buzzer gets <laughs> 10 points. For 10 points, is cereal soup? And why and why not? Well, hold on. So, is soup... What? Soup is... Um, is that usually a water-based? Uh, well, here you go. Hang, oh, on, yeah. hang on, hang on a second. Is there any other known entities of dessert soups? Because I would almost say, like, um, is the sugar sugar level in? Cereal? Well, I would say that. Yeah, I would say that. Um, sweet. Yeah, uh, that's that was going to be the push that I would push that it, it becomes like the definition of soup as we know it is usually a savory dish. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, you know, you could argue that a sweet. Um, you know, pumpkin soup and stuff like that. But I would, I would but say it's savory vegetable. My my argument would be is, it, uh, with most soups, you use water based or stocks and broths and things like that, where this is purely milk with but, a but product you could have put cream. In it. You know, in in pumpkin soup or something like that. That is so, true. Uh, so, but my question is, like the, you you earlier, if we kick back to earlier, we're saying that that cocoa is a is a vegetable. vegetable. So that <laughs> makes it cocoa pops like technically <gasps> eating soup. Cocoa pops is, is vegetable, vegetable soup. soup. No, 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 no. So <laughs> I'm sorry. No, on that note, I think that so, I think uh, that you've answered it yourself. No. Uh, if I think about every soup, every soup, they're all cooked. Even if cooled down eventually, they are all cooked. Ooh, so Pumpkin that's what soup separates. is cooked and then can be eaten so cold soup or anything. Is cooked. Cereal uh, so, no, raw. it is not uh, 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 based on uh, if we find. Uh, unless you use warm milk in your Cocoa Pops, in which case then it is. It's not cooking soup. You're not really cooking it. <laughs> I think you're just grabbing it straws now. <laughs> okay. I guess if you put it all in there with Wheat Bix and then cooked it and made like this weird like, um, Was muffin Was it more thing. exciting though, knowing that you could eat Cocoa Pops? For dinner and it technically be soup. Was that thing. more exciting though? <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> Technicality maybe, but I, I think, I'm not 100%, but I reckon soups would be cooked and cereal's not. Okay, That gonna, would be I'm my gonna, theory. I'm going to agree with that. So otherwise, we're going with cereal other, is not a soup. Otherwise, I would call soup, it, um, otherwise I would say I'm going to wake up and have my breakfast right, that's soup. That's final. You've heard okay. it here. Yeah, You've heard cereal it. is not a soup. Okay, yes. next question. Bam. That's uh, this is very similar to the last question. So... Is a hot dog a sandwich? Um, it's on a roll, for starters. Um, well, just just think for a moment, because Americans call like burgers and stuff like that sandwiches. Yeah, they do. Which uh, is really so weird. He, here's the thing: is like I don't know if Whereas it's the English know it as a couple of pieces of bread and ham. Like uh, I guess, like because like, I also make hot dogs in that way. You can cut the bread all different ways anyway. So You're I would go weird. <laughs> no, no, no. Like, uh, I don't care. You could technically do it. You could do it on bits of bread. So, yes, I reckon a hot dog is, is a sandwich. Okay. A hot is, dog is, a sandwich. is a sausage sandwich a hot dog? That's right. Because you us Aussies, back will, on its head. you know, we, we have sausage sandwiches. So, so we, we call it a sausage sandwich. So, then sausage it, a sandwich. hot dog is a sandwich based on your answer then. Yeah, well, that was where That's I was right. going yep. with it. So, yes, it is. So, there you go, everybody. Either uh, that or a bunning can come and get your uh, <laughs> your uh, hot dog. Come get your hot dog, boys. <laughs> Your sausage trading. dog. Your sausage dog. <laughs> okay, so this is an argument for the ages. Toilet paper, over or under? 
I uh, have you seen the pattern? There is a pattern. There they've, is a pattern. Re- they've shown the pattern and it's over. The okay. original pattern of it all, all the designs, was over. Okay, I would like to point out that over works fine oh, until sorry, you have so a patent. Patent. Sorry. Okay, sorry. Yeah. No, Chris doesn't okay. speak great English. No, no, no. That's okay. I was just okay. clarifying. Okay. I thought you meant like the, the little pretty print I, that's on there. <laughs> <I was, laughs> guys, I, I would like to rebut against this, Ooh, please. Okay. For this reason, that yes, while I agree that it technically looks best and it always presents best, <laughs> when you have... Ch- wait, wait for it, wait for it. Let me finish. For you parents out there, you'll know this. When you have children, when it is over, your children whack it, you end up with all the toilet paper on the floor. <laughs> when you go back the other way and they whack it, it just keeps wound up. Oh. Honestly, there is a reason why now I always put it back over the other way because when my children whack it, it rolls up and not down because but I have picked up so much damn <laughs> I, 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 Okay, look, I get that. I get that. So I will say that for all the parents who, who have children out there, you know the truth about which way it goes. <laughs> All right, so how about we, we like we'll go it this way then? For those that don't have kids, it's over. For those that have kids, it's under. <laughs> you and I, Chris, we we have the the um, luxury of being able to shoot fine properties, and whenever we shoot fine properties, it's always over. Always I, over. I understand that. Always over. But I love a, that we're talking about the presentation of but, toilet. Yes, yeah, so it does. Look, it, like seriously, you know, it does look better. We change it to suit. Like, However, in a practical world, it's never over. It's always it's under. under. Uh, the one thing I would agree with you on that is I've seen that picture of a spider on the back of the toilet paper and because it was over, it's there. You couldn't see that the spider was on the backside of that piece. But if it's under, you can see that the I tell you what, you've just there. given me nightmares about what is on the other side of my toilet <laughs> yes, paper. Seriously, there was a photo of a big um, huntsman sitting on the backside. Man, of that bit I of used a, to have a fear as a child that something would come up from underneath the toilet and well, was bite it, me on What the was ass. that um, <laughs> octopus or squid movie that did that? Yeah. The tentacle comes oh, through just, and all there's that. There's so many pictures reckon, of like, snakes first, in toilets and stuff like yeah, that. But they, they don't have normal plumbing. Where, oh. Whenever they're taken, they oh, do not have a normal like plumbing South system. Yeah, it's like third world style country. Right. I was going to say though, different. the first time you ever used a bidet, you would certainly think that there was a creature. There's in the going on down there. What the hell? Stop the squirting. Speaking of creatures, so uh, this brings us to our next question, which is: How many chickens would it take to kill an elephant? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hold on. Okay, is it that I'm? And I want throwing, an exact figure here. Am I throwing the chickens? <laughs> am I can, launching can, the would chickens? Would you mind? Would you mind? We the, need to pecking. look up the weight of a chicken. <laughs> uh, okay, I've got chickens, so okay, it's two point five kilos, 2.5 roughly kilos. Average, an average chicken. Average. Okay, chicken so how many chickens 2.5? does it take? It's the Why same volume. Big when how I go buy them at Coles. Uh, so the average elephant is, I think, is it ten tons? They're heavy. Well, I don't know. Uh, well, definitely look that up. Somebody look that up. So okay, you look up the average weight of a chicken to confirm that. It's 2.4. I've got chickens. Okay. Uh, I feel like this is great radio right now. <laughs> uh, weight of elephant. A- elephant. Uh, what am I looking up? Chicken. Uh, so six ki- uh, six tons. Uh, six, six to ton. four, it's dependent. So you've got many kinds. We'll go off the African bush, which is the biggest one, yeah. uh, which is six. Uh, six and then ton. there's yeah, the yeah. Asian elephant, which is the four. Yeah, they, all right, are, they are a lot smaller. <laughs> We've got lots of different so, types all right, of chickens. So we're killing an African yeah, but they, no, hold on, hold on. So the chickens. reason I've gone this uh, 2.5 is that's your standard brown. Okay, well, let's just go with two, 2.5 kilos. Okay. So um, so now we're going back to the theory of we're throwing the chickens. How many? How many, the, how many <laughs> so that's, well, four, I, that's four chickens per 10 kilos. <laughs> yeah. So that means... Well, how many kilos is it? is an elephant? This hold is on, that's 400 to get to a ton. So that means we're out... 
400 to get to a ton, so you've got to times that by six. So there's 2,400 chickens needed to be the same weight, okay, as, yes. a, as an elephant. Now, do we feel Hold like... On, yeah, so that might bowl it over. So then we've got to add on enough to guarantee a kill. Well, I don't know what it's going to do when it knocks it over. Is it just going to suffocate it with all those... Fa- Actually, you... Can, wait, wait, wait. You can suffocate... Like, pillows yeah, I know. are really I, dangerous. I was going to go really back dangerous. to... If pillows I jammed, are dangerous, yeah. Okay. I was going to go back to... If we just jammed one in its mouth or in its trunk or something, we'd probably get a kill. But if we're going to go <laughs> off the squish factor, I'm going with 2,400, probably an extra... So I'd go 3,400. I'd add an extra amount to make sure it's a guarantee. Have we got the elephant in a confined space? Well, I, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna. Those variables we can make up because I'm putting these in a giant bag, and the elephant walks under the bag, and then I drop it. So we're dropping boom. three thousand four hundred chickens onto an elephant. Because I want, like, just because it actually, you know what? <laughs> an equal weight would probably still kill it. Okay. If you dropped an elephant on an elephant, I dare say it's gonna hurt. <laughs> and and just to clarify to everybody listening, we we are humane. <laughs> uh, yes, we are trying we're to work actually out. talking no, about animal we're, cruelty. We're humane enough that this I'm trying to work this out to get it. Well, this is just so that we can protect like the elephants from we, chickens. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> now, we need, to, know, we need now, to keep 3,400 chickens away from how the exactly right. How many chickens would it take to peck eventually through the skin? So my <laughs> chickens break skin usually after about five minutes of pecking. <laughs> Well, okay, okay. Five minutes of pecking, so we need to get that down. So it's a thousand paper cuts, you know, like yes. death by a thousand cuts. Mm. So how many? This is so, this is good. Okay. <laughs> so right. if it's death by a thousand cuts, uh, um, skin of an elephant. Five thicker, minutes. So to, let's go. To, we'll, to, we'll have to up it based on the skin of an so elephant. So we think like ten, ten pecks. So we'll go ten, 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 ten minutes. Pecks. Ten minutes worth of pecking. Okay. okay. So ten okay, so consistent minutes. Ten. So that means ten thousand pecks is what it's going to take to get a thousand cuts. Yes. Okay, so Let's go that. to make it so that the elephant can't just walk away, yeah. then how far? How long do we think that the cuts need to happen in? In what time frame? It would have to be quite fast as well. well what sort it's, of time um, frame? It, you would have to have it basically in 10 minutes. It would have to be in 10 minutes, every one of them getting a cut. You would have to have all those cuts in 10 in minutes. In 10 minutes. Okay, so, so how much to get it to pull off in that one time <laughs> so that it's going to be enough that it can't run away, it can't do anything. So basically, it's a swarm of chickens. A swarm of chickens. So a swarm of chickens like to take an elephant that out. Jurassic yes. Park scene. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So how do we do that? Okay. So it's, it's ten to get to ten thousand cuts, and being that a thousand. So we need we need basically a thousand chickens. Out. Yeah. Okay. To, to, so to, it's a thousand chickens. It's a thousand chickens. Thousand. I think would do it. Thousand chickens. chickens. So that's more economical than three thousand four hundred chickens to drop it on top. So the most effective way to kill an elephant with chickens is to peck it to death, or with one thousand chickens, or jam one down its throat. Okay. Yeah, because effectively, um, (laughs) effectively, we're we're saying that you know each chicken, each chicken can can do its ten pecks. Um, we'll, Ten minutes worth of pecking. Well, so it's constantly pecking in the one spot to eventually yeah, break. And, and then so that'll do it. Sounds good. Okay, well, that's pretty good. A yeah, thousand chickens. Yeah, a thousand chickens. There you go. A thousand um, chickens, everybody. Death by chicken. <laughs> death, death by chicken pecking. I feel like that's a horror movie eh, waiting to happen. <laughs> it's a B-grade horror movie, but it's a horror movie. Uh, if there was an animal out there that was the same size of a horse to ride, what would you pick? So I, I get to pick any animal. Any and animal or insect. That okay. could be the same size of a horse. Uh, yeah, as I'd a go horse. Uh, iguana. <laughs> <laughs> it, okay. it can climb. It well, can I, do I all like, those things. Oh, so I'm, I can go over. Tri- I feel like we've practical. seen that. Of, we've seen that in it, Revenge it, of the Sith. Yeah, yeah. He basically uh, rides no, a giant of the clones. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yes. Yep. You're right. Yep. Apologies. 
But so, yes, you're the great analogy there. Like yeah, that's, yeah. So that we've seen that lizard creature. Thing. I'm, I'm actually. Hold gonna, on. No, doesn't he ride the big lizard creature in Revenge of the Sith because Order sixty six is given in that moment and he falls to his doom? No, no. They shoot him while he's riding the big iguana. No, I swear it's Attack of the No, Clones. it's Revenge of the Sith because Order 66 is given why he's riding the iguana. No, no, and they it's, shoot it. it's when Bumblebee Yoda versus Count Dooku and that's in the second film. Oh, no, I think you're thinking of... Um, I think we're, we're thinking of two different... Because uh, they do ride one in the... Revenge scene, of the Sith. He rides Revenge the, of the giant Sith, iguana because he, ro- ro- he defeats... Um, he defeats um, anyway, Spider Man. Can <laughs> I just say? Can I say my one? All right, um, yeah. It doesn't matter. You can you can what let you us know for? at home. And like for those screaming at home, please let us know which movie it was, because uh, obviously yes. <laughs> we've, we've just lost Star Wars credibility. Um, <laughs> I would ride a um, sugar glider. Oh, because okay. then I could fly as well. Cop that. <laughs> Cop that. <laughs> That's like your lumpy. People uh, <laughs> have no that. idea what we're talking about right okay, now. So I used to have a show called The Film Bunker. Just so you know, I've looked it up. I'm right. Okay, so it's Revenge of the Sith. That's oh, right. And this is why last time I took Star Wars against you, we missed the Star Trek. All right, wait, wait a second. <laughs> Proving he, show me the picture. What he, one is it? Here is a moment. Um, oh, yeah, okay. That's that one. I was, I was referring to, one. Yeah, you were referring yeah. to a different one. Yeah. Um, so, so, wait, that is right. The lumpy moment. The lumpy That's moment. Right. Um, Deep dive. <laughs> yeah, uh, look, a sugar glider is an awesome one. I absolutely love them. But they're super cute and very um, timid. So, yours would hide all the time. Well, no, it's it the would size go, of a horse. It would go, that thing's going <laughs> to have so much confidence. Yes, which means it's going to see if you giant the, shadows and go, it's something nah. bigger again. <laughs> if you, if you were away. the size of a horse, mate, you would have confidence for days. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to run a horse. All right, this is not really a question. Well, it is a question. Uh, so, what is the weirdest thing a guest has done at your house? Wow. I don't, that, that, I don't know that I've ever Do you want to throw friends. them under the bus as well? Well, I would... <laughs> I would love to if I had something interesting to say. I would I, honestly. I don't try and look for things, and I hope there is no guest that has done something that weird at my house, <laughs> other than left a turd. <laughs> left a yeah, turd. I was gonna say. I was gonna say. There's another Giant city. Like yeah, there's or the, or the one that doesn't flush. Yeah, like, you know, yeah. and so that would. But I, I would say maybe that's a plumbing issue or something. So I'll give them the benefit. <laughs> that's of the a plumbing issue. <laughs> I, I I think I had like you know a friend like they requested. Um, some sort of like hygiene thing that was really weird and it's like weird when they come to your house and they ask for a certain standard of like something. I can't remember what it was. I think I've just done it out of my brain. I've had a a guest come over first time they've come to my house and then actually go looking for food. That's weird. That's just like cool. I was kind of like, huh? Wait, what? Um, And then you, I was trying to be courteous but it was like, yeah, right. Uh, that's probably my weirdest one, really. <laughs> I think I'm really fortunate. I've got great friends. <laughs> yeah, that's what I think I'm, so, I'm coming yeah. down to. <laughs> well, that person is not my friend anymore. However, so. I would love to hear of like weird things people. Oh have done yeah, people's that's yes. there. You go. Post that in our Post comments that there. for sure. Say, okay. Uh, the top. age-old debate: pineapple and pizza. Yes or no? Uh, I'm a no only, but I don't really put pineapple on many things. I is like it because it you don't like pineapple? Yeah, yeah. More just because I'm not a big fan. But Tani is a massive yes. Uh, your partner? Yes, Tiny. my yeah. partner. I'm going yes. to say no on a pizza um, because I generally don't like hot um, pineapple at all. Um, I, I don't like the concept okay, of that. Hold on. However, I do like um, hot pineapple in a like a fruity style. Well, yeah, but what um, about a Christmas hot pine- cake or something? Like pineapple on a hamburger. Do you like that? No, hell no. Because some, some hamburgers, the works ones, put... 
Yeah, they wreck, well. wreck it. And I'm massively a wrecking. That's a wrecking it. Yeah, that like, that's a wrecking straight it. up. I get it in frisbee. It. <laughs> I feel um, like I feel like if it's had pineapple on it, it taints it so bad. Especially uh, hot yes. pineapple. Like yes. um, I am a high pineapple person. Get out. Sorry. So so wait. So Karen's no longer oh, with us. <laughs> well, I do like Hawaiian. Why? Like, tell me. Tell I do me, like my supreme. Tell me why you. I know. I just like every now and again, just get that little sweet. Burst in there, okay. but it's not that sweet once it's been cooked and all that. It's more Ooh. nearly like a savory. Mm. Wow, we've got we've got a hectic interruption. Who is it? Okay, uh, so coming down the last couple of questions, uh, what super hero superhero <laughs> power <laughs> would you like, or could you have? Um, so like invincibility, or flame throwing, or flying, or invisibility. Uh, telepath because then essentially I could get anything I want anywhere but isn't that just telling people stuff in no no mind? no uh, the ability to just influence someone's oh. mind so you go uh, what's the name Rogue was able to do it oh no um, uh, Patrick Stewart's character did it yeah okay he was able so to influence and change your mind mind control if you have mind control everything's unlimited there is nothing you can't do other than fly because I can just convince everyone to do anything I want which means I get anything I want anyway Ooh, so I become a villain. Control. I'm actually a villain. You're a villain. I probably <laughs> look. I mean, the thought of having a superpower actually would probably end up being a super like drawback because like you, you'd end up like I don't know. Just it's tough. Um, eh? It's really tough. I, I think if I, I go more fun with I'll great power. Fun. Yeah, comes I gonna, great responsibility. I was going to say, look, if if it's purely for my enjoyment and I don't have any responsibility with it, then. I think flying around would be excellent fun. I um, always, I always thought if like I'm more based on wishes. If I had wishes or whatever, like because that's the the more you know watching Aladdin than that is what would I kind of wish for? And I was like, the ability to in any moment be the best of whatever it is I need to be. <laughs> so basically, if say I was someone kicked me a skateboard and said do an ollie. I could turn on the fact that I am now the best skateboarder ever and just show everyone up. But I would also put in limitations. You can only be the best at two things at a time. Yeah. So that I couldn't be just like infinite. So you always partner it up. And I was like, that's how I would make my superpowers. I'd be the best at anything in one moment. Nice. Good answer. Yeah, good answer. I've thought long and hard about that one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Rounding out the questions. So uh, if you were to turn a unusual movie or sad movie into a musical, which would you choose? Yeah, musical. I feel like um, you know it's got to be something quite gory. Probably something in the horror <laughs> field. Gory. You know, like um, you know, so Jaws like, the musical. Tw- 28, 28 <laughs> days later, or something like that. Um, Dancing zombies. Rah, 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 rah. I just, I just feel like it would be it would it would turn it into something really <laughs> quite um, hilarious. Um, just, just before you answer, Chris, while you think about your answer, have you ever tried um, turning on? You know the Muppets, or turning on Sesame Street in the mornings and putting on a death metal track underneath it. <laughs> it's absolutely <laughs> awesome to watch any of the Muppets Something for you to look do like they're singing, during look like isolation. they're singing death metal stuff. It's actually hilarious. So it's definitely recommended um, that you stick on, um, you know, some of the, the Muppets and stuff like that. I with, love the with, Muppets with man. any any music that you like. Death metal is particularly um, funny because it's like making death metal happy. It's like hilarious. Uh, what about you, Chris? I actually don't know. 
Um, I, I'm honestly drawing like, a blank. Yeah, well, because most of the ideas I started thinking, Troy, just, the musical, there is no way it could work. <laughs> I was like, gonna, well, I was gonna say like I would, I would hate to see Star Wars the musical, and then I realized they've already made it, the holiday special. <laughs> 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 so like, I, I was pretty right there that they, they should never have made they, that. They could do Predator really easy and just push a bush out on stage and <laughs> be like, he's hiding. I'm hiding. I'm hiding. I have the thermal eyes. I'm hiding. And then it's like, look. Over there, what is it? It's a tree. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot see him. He is hidden. Anyway, yes, clearly I'm, I'm dying. <laughs> I'm dying. I'm dying. My heart is on the floor. It's my spine. Alien, <laughs> the music. This oh, mud, it hides me. I'm hidden. Just what, what we've learned from this is never put me in a musical. <laughs> that's, what, that's what we've learned. Well, uh, I'm sorry. I'm f- sorry for that at home. I yeah, got like uh, I would actually, Peter Pan would make probably a good one, but I think they've already done that. Like, I think they have. Actually, yeah. you know but that, that would Finding be Neverland story, the one where it was the telling of how it came to be, kind of one. Is that with Johnny Depp? Yeah, that movie was so sad. That one yeah. would probably make a good musical and just heartbreaking at the end. I think musicals do have a sad flavor to them, don't they? I feel like, I feel like what musicals do well though is um, often in music. In movies, you don't have the opportunity unless you have a voiceover to tell people how you're feeling. Oh, Where I yeah, feel like okay. it's amazing with musicals because it sort of breaks that fourth wall of um, real life interaction and things like interaction. that. Interaction. They actually touch on feelings or stuff like that within the song because it's a self-aware moment. Like it's it's this is how I'm feeling or what's going on. It's usually an internal look. So it's actually a very cool mechanism if you need to know what your characters are thinking or where if that would benefit your movie or story. I've got one. Then then I would definitely make it a musical. <laughs> Interstellar interpretive dance. Hans Zimmer music though. Oh like all that choir and they're just like and they've got to move and tell the story through movement while that music's going. So I feel like any... <laughs> I, I want Hans Zimmer music that... like or, So like, Gladiator. Just, so you basically you want to see Gladiator the Dead. A Life in the Day of Chris so composed so, by Hans Zimmer. So, yes. So I just, oh, can we make this happen? I just saw like, you <laughs> know, just the mental picture of like Gladiator, you know, taking Hans Zimmer's epic score for Gladiator and then it, instead of it being like battles in the arena, it's dance-offs in the arena. I swear like the Gladiator on. music actually, Maximus, to making toast. Maximus once kind of works because that like I'm, I'm uh, you know, husband or murdered wife and all that kind of stuff would work as a musical. Like uh, he sings that back in a moment But then like John Williams is like the Imperial March to doing a poo. Sorry. Josh is just gonna walk up and go. <laughs> Got no words. You cut. sat in on shit talk. We just talked about <laughs> shit. Speaking of words, we round out our podcast with a an unusual word every week. So this week's word is cacophony. I get to bring the the word, which is c- 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 cacophony. Cacophony. And basically, it's another word related to noise. A cacophony, Ooh. which is noun, is a mixture of horrible sounds. Imagine birds screeching, alarm bells ringing, well, and babies screaming. Well, it's in there, and I hate the sound of people going... <laughs> So, so basically, if if like you have like all of this noise, like what we just did in the last you know five minutes, that is a cacophony of noise, or a cacophony. So cacophony, cacophony. You know, like what was last week's? That was so good. Um, oh, titty nope. Yeah. So now we got titty nope cacophony. 
right. So if you can get them into one sentence, there's a little bit well. of cacoph- <laughs> there's a titty nope of cacophony left over. And our challenges to you is to use the word cacophony in your week somewhere. And thanks everybody for tuning in and listening to our podcast. As always, uh, we'll go back to our regular format next week. But thank you so much, Josh, for joining us this week in You're the welcome. studio. I'm Kez. I'm Chris. And stay healthy. Yeah, do. Talk shit. Yeah, talk shit. Yeah, talk shit. Yeah, talk shit. Yeah, talk shit.